God, thank you for not ever, ever, ever giving up on us. Thank you that you have a plan for our lives, and it's all about the cross. It's all because of the cross and what you did on the cross, Jesus, and salvation that comes through the cross that we get to celebrate your resurrection. So Lord, we ask this morning that you'd speak to us, that you reveal your word to us, God, in a new, fresh way, and that you would just uh, rain down in this room today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, man, I'm so glad that you're here with us. I hope you grab your, your uh, note sheet, and I hope you'll grab a pen, and over the next few moments, we've got a, we're, we're going to talk over this new and last uh, session, this new and last talk in this series um, called Their Side. Now, I have been really super excited about this series over the past few weeks. The first one, we talked about Mary and, and talked about her side of the cross and what happened on her side before Jesus went to the cross and how the cross changed her life. Then last week, we talked about Thomas and uh, the same deal, who he was and how he was actually faithful. So I hope you lived out that faithfulness this week that we talked about in our, uh, in our table groups. Uh, and this morning, we're going to talk about a guy named Paul. And uh, most of you have heard about Paul, maybe read some of his books uh, and his letters in the New Testament. And so this morning, we're really going to dive in, talk about his life before and how the cross and resurrection of Christ really changed his world and how that applies to us. So I've told you guys before that I really, really, growing up, I really didn't want to do anything else but preach. I was that weird kid. I wanted to be a preacher. After I got saved, God just really, I, I, I thought, how cool would it be just to be a preacher? I, I, I could go to church. I could serve people. I could get paid for it hello, that was an awesome deal to me. And so I get to, I just thought, how cool would that be? So when I was a teenager, I never missed church. I was that weird kid, I guess, that was always at church. I, and it's weird that you would say I was the weird kid. I just enjoyed being at church. I was at every event, every practice, every trip, everything. I loved being at church. If the doors were open, I was there. If there was something going on, I wanted to be a part. I always wanted to be at that little church in Loganville. I absolutely loved it. And here's the deal. Oftentimes, I had a battle going on in my heart as I was doing going to church. And I would think to myself, am I doing this for myself or am I doing this because I really love Jesus and I really want to be a part of what God is doing? And, and so at this, this almost an inter internal civil war was going on in my, in my head and in my heart of am I doing this stuff because I love Jesus or am I checking this stuff off from a list of things to do? And after a while, just to be honest, just if I was to be strictly transparent, which I oftentimes am with you guys, I want you guys to know I'm, I try to be as real as I can with you guys. I want to be real with y'all. What happened is that I got pretty legalistic in my thinking. What, I, what happened is I started growing up and started maturing just in age, I started getting very legalistic in the things that I would do 
during the week. Uh, instead of going to church, it, it was one of those, I go to church, or I don't watch radar R movies, or I don't do this, or I don't do, I don't listen to secular music, or, or I, don't do, I don't go to these places, or I don't, I don't do these things. And I would I put all these labels on because at, at the end of the day, I was doing these things for myself. And it all started with the mindset of, I did this for me. And I think too often times, a lot of us may be in that same boat and we've gotten to a place in our hearts where, where we maybe want to go to church or we want to do the right thing and we don't want to do this, that, and the other, but it's not out of a heart change, it's out of just a checklist. So, so we get to a point where we are doing all the right things, but for all the wrong reasons. And so this morning, what I want to discuss, what I want to dialogue with you about this morning as we go to our table groups is, is, is that we're not alone in this, that we're not the first ones that ever uh, dealt with something like this. And unfortunately, we see someone in Scripture whose name's Paul that dealt with something so, so, so similar so as we open up our scriptures, I, pr I pray that you have your Bibles. If you don't have your Bibles, the scripture will be on the screen. But we want to invite you to bring your Bibles to everything that we got going on around STS, uh, around Church of the Apostles. We want you to bring your Bibles. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3. If you have your digital device, Android, iPhone, iPad, whatever that is, dial it in there. Uh, download the Bible app if you don't already have it and, uh, and get to Philippians chapter 3. My hope today that we see in Paul's life that we can see both sides of the cross, we can see both sides of his experience and look past the religious facade and look past the religious things that we do, the religious, quote unquote, religious things that we do and really understand the relationship that Paul had with Christ and how that same relationship can change our hearts as well. Cool? Cool. So, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your neighbor. We do this a lot. And I want you to look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? ready. No, I mean, I want you to say it with authority and love and passion. Look at him and say, are you ready? So look at your other neighbor and say, I'm ready. Now give him a high five and say, let's do this. Awesome, awesome. I'm so glad you're here this morning. So glad you're here. Let's read Philippians chapter three. We're gonna start in verse four. Paul says, if anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But, now, Paul loves this conjunction, and I'm so thankful that he adds this oft, so many times in Scripture, because usually after he says but, there's something, something grand that he has to say. And he says, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss, in, uh, a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, 
for whose sake I have lost all things. He says, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes through, through the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of break these verses down, if, we, if you don't mind, over the next few moments. We're going to kind of tear these apart. So if you have your note sheet, if you have a pen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write verse 4, verse 4, and we're going to kind of expose what Paul is saying right here. We're going to kind of dive down deep in these scriptures and see what Paul is saying. So verse 4, and it's actually 4b, so if anyone thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh... I have more. Basically, he's saying it when earthly standards, when it comes to church world and earthly standards, I'm the man. Paul says, I had it all together. There was nobody better than me. I have all the reasons to boast. And he says, I have all the reasons to boast. And he said, let me tell you why I have all the reasons to boast. Verse 5 circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He lays this down. He was born into it. He says, I have it all figured out. I had it all going on, and it started at birth. I was a part of the tribe. I was a part of, the, uh, of this group of people. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. There was nobody better who had it going on than me right here. And at the time, his name was Saul. It wasn't even Paul then. He said, I had it all going down. He says, in regard to the law of Pharisee, man, I was very religious. I knew the rules. I knew every rule. I knew if I walked down the street on the Sabbath and I spit, and I had to spit, some saliva was welling up in my mouth. I couldn't spit on the ground. I spat on a rock. Because if I spat on the ground, that would be making mud. And I knew that I can't work on the Sabbath, so... Can't spit on the, on the dirt, I got to spit on a rock. I knew that I could only walk so many feet before I had to stop because if I was considered walking longer, a longer distance, and I think it was like 30 yards, if I, can, if I walked more than 30 yards, I had to sit down because if I was walking more than that, I knew, at Paul, I knew that I was considered traveling for a journey for work. So I had to sit down. I knew these things. He, the, listen, there was like 600 and some odd laws that the Pharisees had to keep, and he knew them all, and he was so on it that he could tell you, well, Article B in Section 4 says this, you shouldn't do these things because I'm Paul, and I'm a Pharisee, and I know this, that, and the other. And Paul had it going on. He knew it, so let's keep on going. He says, as for zeal, verse 6, as for zeal, persecuting the church. Now, you need to understand what zeal means. Great enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause. Write that down. Great enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause. To a Jew, listen, to a Jew, this was the highest virtue of religion. There wasn't any, they, they really loved the fact that someone was zealous. Someone was zealous. Great enthusiasm in pursuit of a, uh, of a cause. He persecuted the church. And he says, as for 
legalistic righteousness. He says to be mate and uh, me. You get that, Jim? So to be made right as far as the legal format, he was faultless. He had it going on. He was the man. Now, we see a lot of Saul in Acts. And we actually see, the, he, he first comes on the scene in Acts after this guy named Stephen is preaching. Now Stephen's preaching and he's really sharing the gospel and some people really didn't like that and he's, they, they really get mad and they're like, oh, I don't like Stephen and they start just really just stoning him and, and they, we see this character. These guys bring their cloaks and are held by this character named Saul, this person named Saul. And so he's holding the cloaks for the people who are killing the first martyr in Scripture. We see the first martyr, someone to die for their faith, Stephen. Saul is there. I have no doubt in my mind that Saul knew who Jesus was. He, and he hated, he hated who Jesus was. He hated everything about Jesus and so what he would do is he would go around and he would grab all the Christians and throw them in jail. He, would, he persecuted the church. He wanted the Christian faith, which was called the way, he wanted the way to be gone. He wanted there to be no trace of the way. And so he wanted to throw them all in jail. He wanted to get rid of them. And then one day he's on the road to Damascus. I'm sure you remember this story. He's on the road to Damascus. This bright light shines in front of him, makes him blind. And he hears the voice of the Lord. And how do you know I know it's the voice of the Lord because in my Bible it's in red letters. And so um, the voice of the Lord, thank you, some of you laughed at that. Mark, Mark gave me a little courtesy laugh. He was, <laughs> that's cute. So uh, it, it, I, we see he hears the voice of the Lord and he says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? And at that moment, he gets things right with the Lord. A few days go by, the scales fall off his eyes. And from that moment on, he changed his name and began preaching the gospel, began preaching Jesus. So things changed. Things changed because of the cross. Things changed in his life because of the resurrection. Jesus had already ascended into heaven by this time. And so when, when Saul has this road to Damascus experience where the bright light blinds him and Jesus talks to him, Jesus is there. Jesus, the glory of Jesus is there and he's talking to him. And Saul knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly who was talking to him. And at that moment he gets saved. His life changed. And then he says these words right here, which I think he wrote down so eloquently. Verse seven, he says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He says, whatever I thought was to my profit, it doesn't mean anything. Now, this literally means I, I, I like to get down deep. I like to, to see what the, the real root of the meanings mean. And what he says, whatever I have to gain, that really means profit. Some versions say gain. It really means profit. He says, whatever I have to profit in a business sense. He says, whatever I, I make in a business sense, I consider them loss. 
And most people in a business, if you're losing money, you're not very happy about it. You don't want to lose money when you're in a business. You're like, oh man, that stinks. So here's the deal. He says, all that stuff that I have on my earthly resume, I consider them lost. He said, verse 8, what is, there, what is more? Now, the, you, we read these three words, what is more? We say, that is, okay, it's just three words. No, no, no. In those three words, he says that Jesus is everything to him. He said, what is, there's nothing. Jesus is it. Jesus is everything. What is more? He says, he says, I consider everything a loss, everything compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. It's all his fault, and I do it for him. It's because of him I lose these things, and it's because of him I want to lose these things. He says, I consider them trash. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ, verse 9, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and by its faith. And then he says these words in verse 10. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead, he says, I want to know and I want to, I want to understand, I want to fully have a relationship with Christ and not just that, I wanna know the power that raised him from the dead, that there's no other power, that God pulled him out from the grave and he walked through, the, he walked out of the tomb the stone was rolled away. He walked out of the tomb. And that power, uh, Paul says, I want to know that power and fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Now, it's not, he doesn't, he's not saying that I want to know what it's like to have the sin on my shoulders on the cross and bleed and all that stuff. He's not saying that. He's saying that Christ knows what I'm going through. And I can fellowship in that. In his suffering, I can suffer. Because in this world, he knows that there will be trouble, but take heart that Jesus has overcome the world and he knows that he's, he's with them. It says, becoming like him in his death, that one day I might die and that when I die, and he said, well, one day when I die, excuse me, I'll be raised in him with life, with Christ forever. Now, we say this is really cool. This is really neat. Paul had it going on. He understood what the old life was and the new life has come. The cross had changed him. But I think for a lot of you might be in the same boat as I was that we have this checklist and this is if we were to rewrite Philippians chapter three and in our terms today, your verse may look something, Willie, you ready? Your, your verse might, may look something a little like this. If anyone thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was born into a covenant family, went to Apostle Lot and Kingdom Kids, even STS. I was raised at church of the apostles. In regard to church rules, I check them all off regularly. As for excitement, when there's food, you could say I walk the walk and I talk the talk. And we could say these things. You could say this. If anyone thinks he's got reason and confidence in the flesh, look, I go to school, I got these things going on. I have more. I was born into a covenant family. I knew all this. I got all from, from the very beginning. 
I was raised in church. I go to STS. I do these things. I get stoked when there's food. That's why we have food, so you come. No, but here's the deal. You might have something that looks so similar to, life, similar to this, but here's the thing. Here's what I don't want. I don't want this verse to be your verse. I don't want these things to define you. Because if these things define you, then you're missing the point. You're missing the point. These things, this isn't, this isn't what we want to define you. We want Jesus to define you. Because here's the deal. These, these, verse, these words, something like this, is considered religion. It's, con, it's considered religion. I have a friend of mine. He says religion is like a cup with a hole in the bottom of it. That we keep pouring in, we keep pouring in, we keep pouring in, and it just keeps going out. We can never do enough. We can never be smart enough. We can never be close enough because we keep pouring in and it keeps going out. But a relationship, a relationship with Christ is something that you need to have. And we think about how do we build that relationship? How do you, how do you really cultivate that relationship? Well, I think it starts with considering everything a loss. It's saying it's okay if I don't get 300 likes on my Instagram. It's okay if, if nobody reads my Tumblr. It's okay that no one retweets me. It's okay if no one says I look pretty today. It's okay. You know what? It's even okay if I miss church. What, Ryan? Did you say that? Yes. Because if you're coming to church just to check it off, that's not a reason to just come to church. We want you to say, hey, look, I, I want to be with Christ. I want to be with him. I want to know him. I want to experience him. Everything is lost. Everything is lost. These duties that I have is lost. These things are lost. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and that's the verse that I want you to have. That's the verse that I want you to be. Just, just, just simmer in. Just marinate in that joy of that deep relationship with Jesus. Well, how do we do that? And that's what we're going to talk about today as we go to our groups. When we dive in, listen, it's going to be really easy. There's a question in there. I know the guy who wrote the questions. There's a question in there. Who And it says, you know, how can we know Jesus more? And I know some of you, some of you fellas, you're going to go, read your Bible. That's a correct answer. Pray, very good. Church, Jesus, how can you know Jesus more, Jesus? Hey, I get it. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's talk some significance. Let's talk some deep things. You say, well, I don't really talk a whole lot. Just listen. Write some stuff down. Let today be the day that we walk out of here this week, this holy week, that what we call it. Let us really try and strive to know Christ this week. Tangible ways of knowing Christ this week. Because here's the deal. The cross and the resurrection of Christ should change you. It should make you whole. It should give you joy. It should give you peace. It should give you contentment. 
It should make you happy. And it should make you want to do things, not out of a checklist, out of an overflow. I want to serve because I know Christ. I want to go to church because I know Christ. I want to tell others about Christ because I know Christ. I want to read my Bible because I want to know Christ. I want to pray because I want to talk to Christ. That's, that's what we want. That's what I want for you guys. Because there's nothing, nothing that beats the relationship that we can have with Jesus. Nothing. Let's pray. God, I love you so much. I thank you for these teenagers. They are so awesome. And God, I pray as we go to our table groups, Lord, that you would just speak to us. Lord, I pray that when we go in, that we, we understand that you have something for us this morning in our groups. Lord, speak to us now in Jesus' name. Do me a favor. Look right here before we go to our groups. When we go to our tables, do me a favor. We have a lot of people in the gym right now. We're trying some different ways to, to kind of finagle our seating. So what I want to ask you guys is when you get in your groups, be mindful of your other groups that are around you. Be mindful of the groups on top. top. Be mindful of the people on the bottom. And let's everybody be able to really listen and hear. I'm not saying that you have to, I mean, talk. But don't like, hey, did you hear what Jesus did in my life? That's awesome. And so if you have that, Caleb, just try to restrain it, all right? So, and then after we get done at 1015, we're going to head over to uh, the sanctuary. We're going to go and sit in our student section. We'd love for you to invite you to sit with us if you'd like. So we love you guys. Y'all head to group.